Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ocean City Church. We're doing this thing live via web stream again. My name is Dan McFerrin. I've been on the keto diet. <laughs> I've lost about 100 pounds and 12 inches in height. So That is not even right. <laughs> Nothing about that's right. Um, my name is Jonathan Tony, Derek Harmon. Lead pastor of Ocean City Church. So glad to be here. Man, I, I tell you what, I feel like we're... This is an odd thing. I don't know if anybody knows this. Like, it, it, you know, people say, y'all look like you, you kind of know what you're doing. We don't know what we're doing, <laughs> one. Don't tell them. Um, but it's like, you know when you record yourself... You know, yeah. when you're like when you're little and you record and you heard yourself, you're like, that doesn't sound like me, right. and it's awful, and you never want to hear it again. That's like <laughs> going back and watching yourself on a live stream. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's, it's like made me a little self conscious, and I kind of yeah. hate myself. When it's like I trying to record your uh, voicemail message, and you just keep doing it like a hundred times until you get it right. This is just you have to live with it now. So yeah, there's no there's going no, back. and it's out on the internet, so we yeah. got to be careful in what we say. How was how was your week? How are things? Uh, it's great. Uh, you know, it's, I say that, it's, it's, it's not great. There's a pandemic going on. <laughs> um, but it has been. Like, I think similar to last week, and uh, it's like you're having to adjust things in your life and make, you know, do things differently um, in terms of uh, how you manage your family. You yeah. know, I've got three kids at home, so <laughs> doing a, a I would say a C-plus job <laughs> in trying to create some structure and order in the house. My right. wife's sitting over there kind of watching the, the stream, and she's yeah. nodding her head going, yeah, C-plus is probably a high grade. <laughs> it's on a curve. Right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been a weird time, obviously. Um, I went to Publix yesterday with a face mask on, set the checkout. <laughs> like, nobody else had a face mask. I'm like, I feel like I'm about to rob your cash register. <laughs> and it was met with dead silence, and I uh, had to work my way out of there. But yeah. it's just it's such weird tensions. But last week, you guys read an awesome text message from Stephen Burtner. He's yeah. on the front lines in uh, the hospitals, working with pe people. And it's, it's I want to give a special shout-out to Stephen and the Burtners. Like, his whole family's, like, basically in this thing. And he's yeah, just like, they have to be. We, we're just not going to see people for a while, so we love them. But also, there's another person on the front lines that we want to address. Uh, Danny Strickland texted me yesterday. <laughs> he said, FYI, I am deemed an essential worker on the front lines of this thing. And Danny uh, makes cabinets for a living <laughs> in people's homes. He said, me and ER doctors are on the same level. So we want to thank Danny for being a, a hero in our community and fighting the good fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the, it's when, uh, it was so funny. I think everybody panicked on, what was it, Friday when, when yeah. they said, you know, this is the uh, safer at home order. They didn't even yeah. say stay at home. I don't know why every different county's got to make it different. But, uh, and you looked at, I was nervous about, you know, church is like, oh my goodness, we're going to be doing it from the living room again. Yeah. Um, and then I find out church is an essential, um, is, is an essential business. Yeah. Good job, state government. I'm glad you did that. Um, but also golf. Is, is essential, um, and, and yeah. Home Depot is essential. I called my, I was, I'm getting some sod like everybody else is, like, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Um, and I called the sod people and said, I guess you're not going to be able to make that delivery on Tuesday. I said, no, we're deemed an essential business. So sod is yeah. apparently essential. And that's, that's going to be hard for you. You're a grass guy. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. To, to have someone else come in there and... Yeah, come in and... No, I'm, I'm laying the sod. They're just dropping it off. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> How are things going with you guys in supplies? You doing well? Yeah, we're doing good. We're I doing saw, good. I saw a meme the other day. It said, every time I finish a, a roll of toilet paper, it feels like that Beauty and the Beast rose petal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> last rose petal falling yeah. off. It's like, that's kind of how it feels, oh, but yeah. we're making it. Well, my kids think it's like the end of the world. Really? Right now. I mean, they, they don't. I mean, I think they, because the internet still works, yeah. they're okay. 
Um, but I just saw, like, there's a lot of parents doing TikToks. If, if that's one of you, just, just I just want to <laughs> let you know you've ruined it for all of your uh, teenagers. Yeah. They'll never use it again. Um, nice. And they, yeah, it's, they, they're definitely like, this is the end of the world. Snapchat, uh, parents are starting to use it. That's amazing. It's, it's awful. I'm not on the TikTok yet. I got to get on there. TikTok, yep. Well, uh, we did some trivia questions this week, too. Um, yes. If you guys are not following... Uh, Ocean City Church on Instagram. Make sure you get on there, uh, especially in the stories. Uh, and there, if you are doing church at home or anything, just like trying to survive life and you feel God <laughs> involved in that, go ahead and tag Ocean City Church. It's at Ocean City Church with the hashtag OCC at home. And we'll have some of those. Uh, you might have seen some clips right before we started, some different pictures. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been an awesome way to connect with everybody. And uh, the church will probably. Uh, reshare some of those mm -hmm. as well. But oh, those are great. We did an axe treva th this week, right? Oh, who, yeah. Who won it? Uh, Heather Arcuri. I mean, of there course. was no, every single one, it wasn't just she won it. It was like everyone on the, 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 the Instagram story battle and trivia for axe, she, she was That's first. Amazing. Nobody touched her. Congrats, so. Heather. That's awesome. So jump in. We'll be doing that this week. Also, just during the stream today, if you've got questions like throughout, um, you know, post those. Um, we'll, we'll get them up on, we got a little screen up here we'll be looking at and we can grab some of those if there's, you know, th things you want to ask me, me or Jonathan, mm -hmm. um, or later on in the stream, um, please jump in and throw those things in there as you're making comments. I know everybody's already on live chatting with one another and that is, that's, a, that's one of those things that is pretty awesome about this yeah. and learning something new yeah. um, is the way that you guys are engaging on a Sunday. I went back and you, as if you watch the stream, you see the kind of comments build um, and I love that there's people out there that, that some of you are connecting with and chatting with that you probably don't even talk to when you come in here because you, you've got, yeah. I'm in seat A1 and I go directly <laughs> for it yeah. and I sit down and we worship and then we leave. Yeah. Um, but people you've, are engaging in stuff. You've probably got everyone's seat assignments out here, don't you? Like there's Brett Winfrow sits there yeah. and Galliano. Oh yeah. So, um, well, well, yeah, so you can make comments there and then let's get into a little bit of vision casting moving forward. We like to do that because... Yeah. Um, this is a week-by-week -week basis. We're following what's going on around us and yeah. stuff. So where, where are we heading from here? What do you see? Well, obviously, I, we're hopeful that God's going to, is, is moving. We know God's doing something in this season, um, but we just don't, nobody really knows, you know, people are saying, you know, at the end of April or it's going to peak here in May sometime. We, we just don't know. So what we're doing right now is, is kind of a modus operandi. We'll be adding things to the weekly, you know, we're getting, trying to get creative throughout the week in terms of how people connect mm -hmm. um, through city groups, through uh, the materials and resources that are online. Uh, obviously, the, the Zoom calls have been um, yeah. clutch and good. And a couple of things I just wanted to say about this season that's been really uh, eye-opening. You know, I think sometimes the, the, the layers in life get peeled off um, in seasons where things are different, you know, and this is definitely one of those times. And one is that I love church, like, and I, I know I've I've heard that a lot from other people, and that's not just because I lead a church and I'm on a church staff, but I miss being here. We were worshiping together before um, the our our live stream, just four of us in the rec room, spread out, and we just cranked up a, a set list. And it, it's every time we've done this for two weeks, um, we we cry, and I think all of us are crying. Uh, one because the the songs we're listening to are pointing us to the cross and to, to um, and reminding us of uh, who Jesus is and what He's done for us and what binds us together as the church. But the other thing is hearing one another's voices, um, being raised in a room together, praising um, Jesus together, and we miss church, and that is a good thing to miss church because it says in Hebrews that um, we should never. Um, 
you know, stop meeting together, that we should be together encouraging one another. So this is a difficult season where we're having to do that in different ways. So it's great that you miss church. Um, but the other thing it's showing us is that uh, we can't depend completely and utterly on on coming and attending church. And we've said this many times at Ocean City Church, that church is somewhere that you belong. Um, it is not somewhere that you just attend. You don't attend a family. You belong to a family. And part of that is you do that inside and outside of the church. And it's, it's teaching us that we have to dig in further, uh, that we have, we have to go beyond uh, just coming in, listening to a sermon and worshiping right. together, but being able to go back to our homes, pastor our homes, our families, to dig into the Word as a single person or as a married person, to, to open up the Word of God and to worship together and to dig in. And even thinking about that, I know that we've got some some resources and yeah. some things that, that are available for us as a church. Absolutely. And that's what's been so exciting about this time is it's kind of pushed us to try some new things. And I know a lot of people have been meeting on, on Zoom. So um, there is actually a, a blog for adults. Uh, the staff at the church is putting them out as we go through Acts. Um, if you go to the website, oceancitychurch.org, there's a huge banner. This is where all this stuff is going to be, so just go right there. So easy to find. Yeah. Huge button. If you miss it, I don't know how that could possibly happen. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be put out, I believe, on Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Right. And uh, it's just encouraging, helping us follow along. And I've been reading through Acts as well as we've been doing this. If, if this book doesn't light you up, man, I don't know what else will. So it's yeah. just cool to hear. Fire. That's, I mean, it's so funny. Last yeah. week, G Gerald put the flames on our heads. I saw that later. <laughs> that's awesome. But fire, like, I just yeah. feel like that's one of the things that God's doing in this season yeah. is that there is going to be revival and that fire's coming. And we'll talk about that uh, yeah. some today in Acts 3. Absolutely. So the blogs are on there. And then, you know, engage in social media. There's going to be content throughout the week. If you're on Instagram, they'll post links. Facebook, we got links as well. Um, and so kind of rolling out of that, City groups uh, are still exploding. It's been awesome. People, we've been adding people to city yeah. groups, which is people, I don't know how many people, and how many people have been added? Twelve. Twelve. Since That's we amazing. started, 12 people have joined city groups. That is, and the Zoom calls are, I mean, what I'm getting in feedback from the city group leaders is just the, the way that people are engaging and how much we, we the, the commonality of, of, of the human race and the way that God created us um, when we're all kind of in something together yeah. is beautiful and is a, uh, a kind of a side effect to something bad where we're feeling something yeah, good yeah. in our city group. So if you're not in a city group, man, I would say jump in one. Uh, and I'm going to do some guest appearances, by the way, city group leaders, and pop into some of your... Um, you're, you're probably going to hide your links from me now. Um, <laughs> like, Zoom calls, I heard that have been getting, they, they call it Zoom bombing, that people have oh, been really? jumping into the Zoom calls. There's a security issue, but uh, oh, wow. I got a patch and an update, so you got to download that. Oh, there we that. go. Nice. Yeah, it's just awesome, and it's a cool way, like like we said, like people are joining. If you were kind of like, I don't know if I want to go over anybody's house, I don't know. This is introverts. <laughs> best opportunity to that jump right in. That is amazing. Yeah. That's such a good, good, yeah. I, I mean, you go to people's house, sometimes it's weird, things smell a little bit weird, they got some weird art, you don't mm -hmm. really know what to make of it. Strange candle, incense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that room that just is never open, you're like, what's back there? We don't yep. go back there. Yep. No, so Zoom is a great way to begin. It's, it reminds me of a AOL Instant Messenger. Remember that back uh, in the day? I do, I'm old. Did so. you have a, uh, a screen name? Uh, I don't, if I, I did, but I don't, I don't even remember what it was. God's Property. 96 or whatever. <laughs> mine, mine was uh, Johnny T. Good. It was like Johnny B. Good, but you know, with a T. Oh, yeah. Because I played a little guitar. Yes. It was stupid. Anyway, AIM was awesome because you're like, I've been trying to talk to this girl at school forever. I'm not going to call her. Mm, we just, I am. That's what we're basically doing right now. How bad, I'll just ask you, how bad is it to get rejected on AIM? I mean, it, it hurts because you're like, I know you're seeing this. You could not have not seen it pop up. 
you know, and you're still ignoring me. So it's, it's, it, it hurts just as bad. Yep. 1990 um, Snapchat. I, I, this is not, has nothing to do with it, but I do feel bad for the people that are out there like in dating world right now, you know, it's yeah. like you had to go full zoom, you know? Wow. I mean, yeah, that is, that is crazy. Oh, a couple of the, the, the resources, kids, if you go to the, 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 <laughs> speaking, the, the of blogs, speaking of the announcements <laughs> nice and, and what we're transition, doing, yeah. this is why it's trouble when we're doing this together. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got some amazing, uh, resources for kids. So if you go back to the, the, the you can jump right from the blog into yeah. the kids resources or go to the kids link. Uh, Whitney's done an amazing job. Shout out to Whitney. I know you're at home. I, you guys have no idea how, how much work she puts in and what she's doing. Um, it's, it's like her, her daily life and routine. Um, she's got her two, you know, three test subjects at home for yeah. her kids. Um, but the stuff that she's putting out and, the, and the, the materials and resources that she's given you to go through at home, do not miss out on that stuff. It is, it is so good. Yeah. Um, and um, it's what we need in this season. And she's done a great job. Yeah. Um, and same thing with students. I mean, you, you work in student ministry with yeah. me and um, students are engaging in Zoom calls each week. If you don't follow our um, student ministry on Instagram, do that. Jump in on some of those uh, conversations. There was so many uh, on uh, a couple of the Zoom calls this week with students because they, they really do miss each other. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's torture not to get to hang out with your friends. But, I mean, we've done Zoom, like Gerald and I and some friends. A couple, we do it like about once a week. And I, I ended the call, like just my face hurt. I was laughing so much and smiling. So it's, it's yeah. been really impactful for me and, um, you know, just, staying together as a unit and it's been and this kind of personal story I don't, a lot of you guys probably knew uh, my dog walter got attacked by two pit bulls this weekend on friday it was just heartbreaking like one of the worst experiences but we felt so loved by people that we don't even get to see he's fine just, by the way he's fine he's dying yeah. right now Sorry. wondering. <laughs> yeah he's well that's uh, yeah i mean we're talking about acts i believe in the healing power of god i don't preach your sermon but the holy spirit is real jesus loves us he loves his creation and walter is walking he's bounding he had seven bites but just the outpouring of love and support i mean and this is when i'm like that's the church we don't have to be together we don't have to be seeing each other as good as that is but just knowing that we're with each other one in spirit and in each other's hearts and minds and that's why it's so important to stay connected to a city group to stay connected to your friends more than ever now we need each other right um which kind of leads us into how we keep this thing going is by giving um you know it's we don't pass the offering basket around right now, but you can go online to give. So again, just go to oceancitychurch.org, and there's a give button there. Um, these resources are doing more than just helping us provide the live stream. We are uh, continuing to help places like the Carver Center. We're going to start talk with uh, Shelly Whitmire. She's our special guest today. She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and she's a leader of Groundswell. But we're giving to those, those resources uh, the community in need. Um, and it's really easy to do if you don't do online giving by right by now. If you're still you're like one of those old people writing the checks at the public's checkout line, like just get online and, and give, and you can do a recurring giving. It's awesome, and it's um, we know this is like a, a tough time for a lot of people as well. So the church is involved in all of that, and that's what those funds are going to. So we yeah. want to encourage you. Again, I would just say I, I put out a video uh, after last week's stream. Um, if you need an, if you need something, uh, we want to be the church yeah. and uh, the church that there's people the acts. Uh, one of the themes that we see in the book of acts is those that, uh, um, had a lot gave to those who had a little and nobody was in yeah. need. And I think one of the things in our society, it's difficult to reach out and ask for like fill out a financial assistance application. Um, but I would just say, reach out. We're all in this together. We're yeah. in the same, we have the same common enemy. It's affecting the economy. It's affecting people's health. Uh, you know, don't don't hold back and kind of um, just try to grind it out on your own, but reach out 
uh, to us here at Ocean City Church. Um, we we want to take care of our family, and there's yeah. people in the church that have given specifically to the Benevolence Fund to say, hey, we want to make sure that people um, survive. That we that one of the ways we're a city on a hill is that we take care of uh, we take care of one another, and right. we take care of our community. So please reach out. And thank you so much for your generosity up to this point and how, what, you, what you've already done. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about what that bleeds into. We're super excited about this guest today. Our Groundswell ministry leader, Shelly Whitmire, will be joining us live stream or via Skype. And it's going to be awesome. So stick around, uh, go get a little coffee break, and we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Awesome. Back. And we're here. Thank you to our sponsors for that break. Uh, we're very excited about this guest, Shelly Whitmire. A, a couple years ago, I asked my wife, have you ever heard of this term, a secret friend? It's It I means like not. that person you wish you hung out with more, that you still get to know. I said, who's oh, your yeah. secret friend? Who do who you, who you think is cool? She's like, Shelly Whitmire is awesome. <laughs> so we're big fans of the Whitmires. I think she's got a lot of secret friends. I just <laughs> want to let you know. Um, anyway, so Shelly is joining us live via Skype. Shelly, give us the update. What's life like in the Whitmire house? You guys got kids running around. You got a husband running around. How are you guys yeah. holding up? Um, <laughs> Jonathan, it's been nuts. So... We have, um, most of you know, we have three boys, um, 12, 10, and 8. So, um, yeah, that's how it's holding up. I'm kidding. No, um, <laughs> it's been nuts. I'm going to be super honest. It's been um, crazy. Our kids don't do well pinned up, even in the yard. That's not mm -hmm. enough roaming space for them. So, um, <laughs> we've had to be creative in our adventures, for sure, because they have to get out, kind of like puppies. They need to be, like, run, and the energy needs to be burned off. Otherwise, right. we've had a lot of things broken in this season in our home. So, <laughs> that ought to tell Three you how boys. things are going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 
and you know, homeschooling a almost 13 year old and almost 11 year old and an eight year old really shows you, um, I don't know. I don't know if I was schooled very well. <laughs> oh, there's some definite gaps. Are you smarter uh, than a fifth grader? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I've realized this season has been humbling. That's for sure. So, yeah. um, the there has. I mean, all joking aside, there's been some sweet things too. Um, just to cut out a lot of the, you know, evening craziness. We had sports and whatever. So it has brought us. Um, into a new appreciation and created a lot of margin with time. So oh, yeah. that's been really sweet. I never thought we would all sit down and do a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> I know puzzles are back, man. They are, we are, they're, people are doing puzzles like right now. They're like sold out. It's yeah, crazy. It's, yeah, so yeah. Um, it's been challenging, but also really, really sweet. And I think, um, you know, God has really used the time to shed light on things that, we were like, wow, we really love these things. And some of them are good, but some of them we could probably do without. So yeah. um, it's definitely been a, a cool time too. How, how, well, how does this, like with your personality, I mean, you're, you're on the first impressions team, you're on the groundswell team, you're with people a lot in a, on a general day. How, how, how is quarantining or the, what we're doing <laughs> safer at home or whatever, uh, working with your personality? Um, it doesn't. Um, it really doesn't no I'm kidding but yeah I mean for those of you who know me I'm a toucher or more like a grabber like I like to see people and hug them and touch them and so I mean to see people from the cross watch out for Shelly when you see her next time because she might grab you yeah I mean if it's been a long gap y'all all all better get ready y'all are gonna get pounced on for sure Um, so it's definitely been challenging I think um it's kind of it's been interesting to see like okay god like you know like press in how to be creative during this time and how to like we can still connect i can still connect um but it it's definitely been outside of my comfort zone for sure um just to not be able to look at people's faces i mean i struggle with the zoom call we're you know we're warming up to it for sure but um the that has been a challenge for me just to not see people face to face and to be able to embrace people and to kind of, I really don't know what to do with my hands anymore. I'm like, ah, okay, bye from across the street. So it's been interesting. Right. And so, you know, as the leader of Groundswell Ministries, you're, you're at the Carver Center all the time, really going out and being the hands and feet of Jesus. But we're in a season now where we're washing our hands and keeping our feet at home. How has that affected uh, the ministry? And what's your take on that? What, what can we still do and what are you doing? Um, it's let's let's say this. It's been so cool that we've been in the book of Acts, I think, and so timely um, and such the provision of God. Um, I feel like now more than ever, I know me personally, and as I'm talking to other people, like we have to press into the voice of the Holy Spirit, um, and it, and his guidance. Um, I think it's going to look really different for everyone. Um, we all, you know, have God manifested through us in so many different ways and the Holy Spirit manifests Mm -hmm. his gifts in us in different ways. Um, so I don't want to say like, this is the way it works for everyone. And this is what everyone needs to be doing. Um, but I know that it's really, um, pressed into me the importance of stopping 
versus just responding and doing really quickly. Um, just because it is important for us to be mindful during this time and, and to be safe and to be respectful of other people and to do what's being called of us as a country and as a state. Um, and I don't want to ignore that and be flippant. Um, this over the last couple of weeks, I read this quote um, from Martin Luther, um, and it was during the time that um, the plague was going through. And it was, I mean, it's 500 years ago, but I read it and I was like, gosh, this is so, um, it's a little extreme to what we're going through, but really, really um, similar to what we're going through. And I wanted to share it with you guys today. Um, it's him speaking and he says, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. And then I will wash my hands, help purify the air, administer medicine and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated or con to contaminate others and so cause illness that could cause their death as a result of negligence. Wow. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me and I have done what he has expected of me. And so I am not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely as stated above. And this to me has been what has led me in the last couple of weeks, in addition to just being saturated in God's word, because if yeah. I wasn't, I would be sinking fast during this time, just given my personality and given what I feel like God's calling is on our family's life. Um, but I keep remembering and I keep feeling like the Holy Spirit is saying, we as a church right now, guys, we have the most incredible platform and opportunity that we'll probably have in our entire lifespan. Like people need to know the hope of Jesus right now. People are drowning in sorrow and isolation and desperation. People have lost their jobs. People have witnessed people that are ill. People are scared people are fearful and even though some of us may not be experiencing that same thing there's i can guarantee you there's people in your neighborhood that are and Absolutely. so to think of like okay god we don't want to be flippant i don't want to be you know dismissive but we're called to be courageous and brave so when we're called to step out there and and you know like I'm in a risk because my neighbor needs me. I'm in a risk because people at the Carver Center need us. I'm in a risk because the mission house is in desperation right now. And I'm not going to just say no. Um, so I think that's one of those things. Like I said, we press into the Holy Spirit. We ask for his guidance, but we're brave. We don't, we don't fear. We don't fear because we have a savior that bore all of our fear for us. And we can lean into him and trust him in this season um, and be a city on a hill. I mean, man, we have an opportunity. So I think during this and then the ripple effects for afterwards is just going to be the most incredible time for us to step out. And, and I don't want to say be the cleanup crew, but to really um, shed hope into places where there's going to be a lot of darkness and fear. Yeah. I, I love the, I, I just, I love the balance of wisdom, especially in that quote and, and what you're saying in uh, we don't want to be like the wild, wild west that everybody's looking at going, why are these people, they're making things worse and not better. They're playing fast and loose with a disease and with a, you know, a, you know, a virus. Um, mm -hmm. But to, to be wise, thoughtful, but also a city on a hill and yes. be the ones willing to risk um, in wisdom to, to fill in in places that 
They need it. Um, and so with that, I just wanted to, what is, the, what is the church doing right now? What are some of the things your Groundswell team uh, has been doing uh, with some of the resources that have been given um, in this season? Yeah, um, it's actually been incredible. The generosity of you guys has been unbelievable. I could probably get really emotional, but um, the giving towards the Carver Center and the Mission House has allowed us to keep doing, like to keep ministering. So um, since the beginning, since I guess probably three or four weeks ago when this all started, we've been able to start taking bag lunches and snacks to the Carver community. Um, and for the first couple of weeks before the stay at home art order started, we had just this unique opportunity to pray with a lot of the families there. And it was just incredible. And I don't know that it'll ever be recreated, but um, such a sweet time. Um, but the resources have allowed us to go and provide snacks that the, I mean, we've gotten feedback. They're like, they look for that. We make these little individual bags and it's been so awesome. And then um, we were able to buy groceries for 10 families. Um, in the Carver Center community. And as we're hearing of needs, we're able to meet those because the finances are there. And then just in the last couple weeks, um, there's been a huge need at the Mission House as people start to, um, you know, just have to back out of serving just because of maybe the vulnerable position they're in with age or, or different things. Um, and so they've asked us to step in and we were able to this last week and we're going to do it several more times over the coming weeks. Um, and like, that's kind of where that bravery and courageous and just prayerful thought goes into, but we want to say, yes, we don't want to leave, um, you know, this organization that's doing something so incredible for our community and, and feeding people who are in need. We don't want to say no. So the resources that the church has given and continues to give has just blown me away and it has allowed us to go in and make lunches. Um, we're getting creative with how we're doing it at the mission house. Typically we go and cook their food, but right now we're doing, we're grocery shopping, bagging the lunches and then taking it to them. So we'll probably do that a few more times in the coming weeks. Wow. Awesome. And I know, you know, as we've said a few times, we're figuring this stuff out as we go. Uh, but as far as you can see it, what's, what's ahead for us in Groundswell and how can people keep getting connected and stay connected? Yeah. Um, I mean, really an awesome way, like I said, is being able to give directly to those things. Also, if you're interested in getting involved, like making the lunches and doing things, just um, go on oceancitychurch.org and then you can um, click on Groundswell Ministries and you can email and I'll get back in touch with you if you're um, interested in finding out the exact dates that we'll be doing stuff coming up. Um, and and kind of like Derek said earlier, it's so hard to foresee, you know, like, is this a month? Is this two months? I don't even, I don't even want to go there in my mind. Um, I want to pretend like, you know, this could be, you know, a while and I want to, you know, be able to, as a church, have the resources to be able to give not only to the people all around in our community that are in need, but like y'all were talking about earlier, just the people who are in need within our own body. We want to take care of each other, just like it talks about in the early church in Acts, how um, people were just giving to one another, which is so cool. And I mean, I just see us having that opportunity in the coming season to pour out our resources, even if they're a little limited to maybe strip back in ways and do that um, creatively um, for our church and the community around us. And I, I just think it would shine such a huge light when we're like, we're being selfish. And even though things may have been stripped back from us, we're going to give so freely. Um, and I think we'll continue to do that um, in the coming weeks, for sure. That's awesome. 
Yeah. And people can go to the website and, and yeah. if they want to get involved um, or give, both of those options are available on our website, correct? Yes. Yes. So there's an option to give, I think, specifically to the Carver Center and the Mission House on the website. And then, like I said, if you go to Groundswell, you can just click on the email and it'll come directly to me and I'll get back with you if you want to get involved for sure. That's awesome. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Shelly, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, again, everything's thank on the website. Yeah. Thank y'all yeah. so much. Thank you so much for what you do and, and how you engage our community. Yeah. Um, I could probably go on and on about some of the things that you do even on your own mm -hmm. with your family um, and in this community with the homeless. And um, it's it's incredible and it inspires our church and rings a bell for our church that we, we don't want to just gather for our own good, but for, we want to gather for the good of our community and for the good of our city. So that's awesome. Awesome. Cool. Thank you guys so much. Thanks. Thank you. We're going to awesome. take uh, another quick break, and when we come back, Derek's going to switch things up a little bit. We're still in Acts, but going to go into uh, mini-sermon mode, and I'm That's excited. Right. I'll be taking notes with you. So. <laughs> we'll see All you right. just in a few minutes. Be right back. How's everybody doing? Well, man, it just was so good to, to hear um, from our Groundswell team leader, uh, Shelly Whitmire, and both her and Rob are in our church and uh, lead a city group. Uh, and just uh, like I said, you, you, I can't say enough about uh, having people on the ground, and we've got a lot of them at Ocean City Church, that, uh, that, that understand and know that the kingdom of God is moving forward and advances, but it's not something that we stand on the sidelines and do, that it's something that we engage in. And that's what I love about the book of Acts. If you've got your Bible uh, or you know, you're using an app, jump in uh, to Acts chapter 3. We're going to start out right at the very beginning. And as I was reading this, I mean, this week, I, I just, and I want to say this because I think, you know, as you, as you dig into these live streams, and I've been watching some live streams online and, and uh, seeing some, what, what other pastors are doing, I, I honestly, I've been inspired by the church. That It's like the church is not, just like Jesus told Peter, that there's nothing that's going to overcome the church. The church is moving forward, and I feel like its reach in some ways in leveraging technology uh, is going way beyond the walls and way beyond cities and way beyond the doors. I mean, people, even our stream in our little corner of the universe, um, people are digging in that would normally not. Um, so it's really been powerful. But I, I do want to say this because I think the outside world, and if you're engaging uh, today uh, with uh, Ocean City Church on our live stream, 
I think sometimes people get the impression and, and it can draw uh, this kind of cynical heart from this idea of, you know, pastors are just using COVID-19, the coronavirus, to, uh, you know, as, a, as an illustration, you know, to lead people into to religious things and church world. And it's just, it's just what pastors do. And I just want to say, this is the one time in, in life, uh, in, in, a, in a season, this is unlike anything that we've ever gone through, where we're all in the same place. Like, I think there's many times in life where you've got the church and then you've got the rest of culture and the rest of life. And that's kind of one of those things that you feel, the tension you feel. But right now, we are all in the same place. I just want to say that as a church, if you're not a church person, we want what you want. And there's no difference between me or any of the production people here, the people that go to Ocean City Church that follow Jesus, and you. We are all sinful people in need of a Savior. The only difference, maybe, is that we believe that we found hope in Jesus. And what I love about today, and when I read Acts chapter 3, it just it pretty quickly jumped out at me. Uh, and if I was going to title today, um, it would be uh, Wants Versus Needs. Um, and I, I think we all kind of know, know I, I think even in this season, we can understand the idea of wants versus needs. You know, I was thinking about our kids. Like as parents, we understand wants versus needs. Like our kids, as they're growing up, when they're really little, they want, they, there's things that they want that we know are not good for them. Um, you know, they want to do things, they, they're all, they're, they begin at a certain age to stretch boundaries and we have to peel them back and they look at you, they cry, they get upset. I mean, my daughter who's at home, um, she is beautiful and wonderful, but she was definitely the most intense, like, you know, pa I would say passionate. It's a good way. Ella, I love you. I know you're watching the live stream. Uh, you're just a lot like your dad. Uh, and she would, we'd get into Target. You ever had a breakdown in Target and look around and you're like, is there a camera? I hope they have it off because this child, I gotta, we got to deal with this. But she would want things and we, it, we knew that she didn't need it and we knew what she needed, but she would want things. And even now, teenagers at home, I mean, I, I've, kids will wear you down like with what they want. Right now, it's shocking. My kids want to go to school and see their friends for the first time. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to record them. Like, I want to go to school. Um, and so we can play it back at you know 6.30 in the morning when they got to get up and school's back in session. But they want things, and they will grind on you. And as parents, we get broken down. It's like we hand them the iPad or whatever. They, it's like, just go. We got to get you going and doing your thing. But they will grind on you. And I don't know if anybody has made COVID, I call them COVID purchases, like these are things that you're buying right now on Amazon that you know you're not going to use again. Like they're, they're going to be like, I wish I brought a picture of, I just bought a, a, a baby, basically a baby pool. It's like a two foot pool sitting on my deck. I wanted to put it in the front yard because I am a little bit redneck. Um, but my kids said that they will leave home despite coronavirus if I do put the pool in the front yard and sit in it, which is what I wanted to do. Um, but it's a, it's a COVID impulse buy. You know, and your kids, it's because you're buying things that you want in the moment because you don't even, this, this whole thing has kind of broken us down. Um, and kids want to see their friends. And our problem in, in, in the spiritual, in spiritual worlds is our wants and our needs are not congruent. And we don't always know that. One of the reasons we don't know that is because of sin. Sin clouds our wants and needs. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. And as we dig into Acts chapter 3, you're going to see Peter bring clarity using the gospel to wants and needs um, in, in, a, in, a, in a moment, in a miracle, in an instant. And he leads these people to the gospel. It's pretty powerful. But at the very beginning of time, in the Garden of Eden, the wants and the needs begin to sin enters the world. And that's what gets clouded immediately. We think we know what we want. And sin, because we think 
money is what we want. We think relationship is what we want. We think a nice family is what we want and what we need. And God loves those things. They're good things, but those are not the things that are going to ultimately save us. So sin is the thing that clouds us for a season because it works, honestly. I mean, for a season, money works. I mean, it, it feels it's great to have money. For a season, a, a wonderful, beautiful, romantic relationship, it works. But a lot of us understand, especially even now, that those things are fragile and can fall through the cracks at any time. And I just, as we, as we dig in today, I, I wanted to mention this because we didn't mention it at the top. It's Palm Sunday. This is so weird. I mean, production guys. I mean, is it not just a strange, I mean, it is a strange time. Like Palm Sunday, every year... Uh, for the last, I think, three years, we've gone through, because we don't do a Good Friday service, we, we, we go through Isaiah 53 and talk about the crucifixion of Jesus on Palm Sunday. You know, we talk about the, the, the triumphal entry as Jesus r- rides into Jerusalem and everybody's praising and shouting Hosanna, believing that this is the king that was going to rescue them. Um, and, and here we are on a live stream and uh, where I'm used to having everybody here celebrating um, us moving towards Easter on Palm Sunday. But there's this passage in Luke 19 uh, that we, we usually kick off Palm Sunday with, and it's really powerful. But it's, this, it's where Jesus sets its eyes, his eyes towards Jerusalem, knowing that they don't really understand exactly what it means for him to be king. They were thinking of a different king. And in uh, 19 uh, verse 1 it says, And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But this is what he says. But now they are hidden from your eyes. You see, the Israelites, the people that were excited about Jesus, even even they were clouded. Their wants and, and needs. What they wanted in that season is they wanted a warrior king. They wanted a king to come in and dominate Jerusalem, to relieve them of the viral Roman rule that had oppressed them for so many years. And all of the Jews that had been exiled over thousands of years, they wanted a reunification of their, of, their, of their people, of God's people. And they thought in this small way, they thought this would be a huge thing. But God was thinking differently. And what Jesus is saying is he weeps for Jerusalem as they don't know what they want. They think that they want a warrior king, but what they need is a servant king that's come to die, not just for Jerusalem, not just for the Israelites, but for the entire world. And it's how Jesus, his view is always different than ours. And as we look at Acts chapter 3, if you got your Bible, listen to how Peter and John. So you've got Acts is blowing up. I mean, we, I think in the, and you look at Acts 1 and Acts chapter 2, there is, this is what, if you're wondering what revival looks like, and I'll just say this, I mean, I, I, this is just me talking to our church. I think right now there is a season that, that we're in where revival could break out. Now, we, you could run towards, the, you got really two choices right now. You could run towards apathy or you could, you could respond to God because God is, God is not quiet or silent right now. He is working and he is leading us to somewhere. And I believe it with everything that I am. And as I read Acts chapter 3, I really believe Because the church is now, in, in this context, has blown up. Like it's gone from a small group of Jesus followers. Jesus ascends. The Spirit comes. And now it is a megachurch moving in Jerusalem in the midst of persecution where people didn't want church to happen. So in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, two disciples, are still cruising around preaching the gospel. And what do they do? 
One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, you might ask the question, um, I'm going to talk for a second so you can bring that slide down. Um, you might ask the question, like, why were, why were they going up for the, the three o'clock prayer in the temple? You know, Jesus has come, the temple system is now, you know, we say this a lot here at Ocean City Church, like, there was a system and now there's a savior. There was this temple system. What, what, why would they even go there? But you got to remember, Peter and John are being obedient. They're like, okay, this thing's going to get set off in Jerusalem. We're speaking, it's going to be J Jerusalem, Judea, Sumeria, to the ends of the earth. So they're starting in Jerusalem as Jews. They're going, okay, where, are the, where, where have this, these people lost it? Well, these people are still, they've, even though Jesus has risen from the dead, even though he appeared to over 500 people, people have gone back to normal. And often we do that too. Like people have gone back to normal. They're going in the normal grind. You know, a lot of them don't believe in the resurrection, are completely removed from the resurrection. Normal life is returned. Three o'clock prayer, same thing they did all the time. So they're like, we're going to go there and we're going we're gonna to rattle the cage. We're going to preach the gospel. As Jesus told them, do it in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So in verse 2 it says, Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And Peter said, look at us. I love that. P Peter's got his preach on. Like he is like, I think there's those moments when you're speaking the gospel where you got you to gotta wake people up and say, look at us. Something else is happening here. Not just going to be me throwing a few coins at you, you know, begging outside the church. This is going to be something different. Look at us. So the, Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Now, when I, when I read this, when I read this, this expecting to get something from them portion, um, it, it immediately made me think of this season. Because I think all of us are in that place right now. Like, what's God doing? Like, we, we're in a, like, is it time to put the pause button on on church things and religious things? No. God's doing something, but what is he doing? And I think all, the, the people that are being impacted, here's the reality right now. Things are happening in our community right now. Like, whether the, the virus is spreading rampantly in our, economically, people being in isolation. Um, so, just even asking that question, what do you want from God right now? What are you asking, you know, from God right now? Is it to relieve you from, now obviously all of us are like, virus, gone. Like, that's what we want. We want our kids back at school. We want to go back to work. What are the things that, that, are, that are getting kind of chipped away at? Like, I think the, the sadness that some of us are experiencing right now, like some of you are at home right now, and you know you might not admit it to your husband or to your wife or to your friends, but there is a little pang of sadness, and you don't even know what it is, and it's the loss of physical relationship. It's the loss of face-to-face -face relationship. It's, for many of you, busyness was your life, and you, had, you were successful and good at what you did, and now your identity is being jacked with. You don't even know what to ask God for in these, in these moments. But what do you, what do you, when you're praying, what are you asking for from God? What do you want from God in this season? And this guy's asking for what he wants. He wants money. 
right now, he's not even thinking about the bigger thing that God's thinking about. Like God's like, your, your expectations are way too low. For you and for me, I can guarantee you our expectations are way too low in what we want. We want the virus gone. We want to make sure that we don't have economic impact. We want to make sure that this person gets elected. We want to make sure that in 18 months from now, we're not dealing with this. We want to make sure that there's not another virus that's on the horizon. We want to make sure that husband, wife are in a good relationship. We want to make sure that our kids are doing well. We want, I mean, we have all of these, and all of those things are good things. But God has a bigger thing that he's doing. This guy right here, he wants money. That's what he's looking for. And look how, as we jump into to verse six, I, I just want to, I've got three things I want to say today. And the first one is, and I don't have the points on the screen, maybe next week we'll get crazy into preaching, but God's extending mercy in this season. What, God's, what Peter's getting ready to do is to extend mercy and give this guy not what he wants, but what he really needs. And just see how this, this lays out. It's amazing. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts. I love this. Walking, jumping, and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I love this passage because you, the, you got Luke, who's a physician and a historian uh, and a teacher, is letting you know that this, this, this happened. Like this guy, this was no, like they, they kind of, got him on their shoulder and kind of drug him into the temple. This guy was walking around jumping. And I, it, it's, if you read some translations in verse 7, it says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and, and ankles became strong. You, you think a guy that you're going to find out in Acts chapter 4, this guy had been lame for 40 years since birth. And if you've ever seen somebody with atrophied legs, that, that, that either a paralytic or somebody that their legs have not worked, there's nothing to them. There's no bone density and there's no legs. They're just small and tiny. These people were watching muscle tissue form in, before their eyes. You talk about miracle. I mean, the crazy things that we see we, that, that happened by the power of God and that can happen by the power of God. You see muscle tissue forming before their eyes and, and, and until the, the guy can stand. Peter helps him to his feet and then this guy dances. He jumps. He praises God. And then he latches himself to these two guys. He says, I'm going with y'all. Y'all going to the temple? I'm going to the temple with y'all. I just love, I love that. But in this moment, what God's doing is, is extending mercy. He's giving this man, not money. Like some of you right now, that's the, the big worry, is economic impact. What's this going to do to my family? What's this going to do to where I am? And I, I don't want to make light of anybody's situation or this virus at all. But here's the reality in the United States of America. As bad as it will get, I mean, I'll tell you church people, as bad as it will get, you're going to eat. You are going to eat. You are going to have a roof over your head. And I know that the things, the thing that we are, are in danger of losing, uh, and again, I don't want to make light of this, is dignity. Like, you might lose your dignity. I mean, because you might lose your job. You, you might have to ask for money. You might need to get help. That, that's, that's one of the, the big things that, that, that we could lose in this, this whole thing, is dignity. And then comfort. That's the other thing that, that could go away. Because with money... In, in the way that we look at money, that's, that's, those are the things that we're going to lose primarily. 
Now, I don't know what the future is for this, but when I think about this continuing and the economic impact and all of the things that could happen, humility and, or uh, dignity and, and comfort are, are the things that... that so when, when you think about the things that we want, we just want my dignity restored. I just want to be more comfortable. God has much more to do in this season. As he's stripping things away, he's extending us mercy. God extends mercy in seasons like this, giving us an opportunity to come home. Because I, I believe God's lighting a fire in the church, leading us to the things that actually matter in this season. So as we continue, I just want to give you the, the, the other thing that we see here in this passage. And my second point is that God gives us an undeniable story. Like, could you imagine being this guy? Like, he gives us an undeniable story of rescue. Like, you, being lame your entire life and all of a sudden beginning to walk by, by, by the healing power of God. And that they make, make sure that we understand it's by, by the power of, of Jesus of Nazareth this, that this man is healed. But God gives us an unbelievable story. And I just want to challenge the church. You know, I, I think I've said this before, but I probably haven't said it enough. Do you know your story? Do you know what your death to life story is with, with Jesus? If you're a follower of Jesus, if you've made, if you've woken up, woke generation, if you've really woken up, did you, have you, because if, if you just, if your story with God is, I've just always been in church. I've always just been, a, I've been a church person. I've been, in, I've been involved in religious things. My family brought me to church. And that's really the end of your story. And this is going to be challenging for some of you. Maybe you'll get offended and never watch the stream again. That's not being a Jesus follower. That, that means nothing. Have you humbly come before God and said, everything that I've tried in my life has, 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 has brought me to this place of emptiness. I've gotten money. I've gotten success. I've gotten relationships. I've gotten a lot of different things, but I'm still empty. And, and I believe that you are God. I believe that you died on the cross, that you made a way at Calvary for me to come home and actually be in a relationship with you, which I realize now is where I need to be. Have you ever said that? Have you ever opened your mouth, confessed with your mouth, Romans 10, that Jesus Christ is Lord? Or are you just riding on the coattails of being a religious person? Because that's not being a Christian. And I believe there's people in our church right now, people watching this stream right now, some of my friends maybe from high school in Tallahassee that have never even seen me preach or heard me preach, but you saw me on Facebook. It is, it is, it is real, everything that's in me. So examine your story. For me, I mean, I think once or twice a year I tell my story. I, I, I would never, and a lot of my friends that are watching this that never seen me preach, I never thought I'd be here, and I know you never thought I'd be here. But my life radically changed. I was a work hard, play hard person. I wanted to have a good life. I wanted to have money. I wanted to have nice cars. I, I wanted the white picket fence. I wanted to continue to be successful, and I was in the, in the world that I was in. And then God intervened. It happened to my wife two years before me. And we were work hard, play hard. I thought I'd lost my partner in, in crime. It wasn't that I, I didn't believe in Jesus, but Jesus was kind of a bolt-on thing in my life. And then God shook me up. And just to, to make a long story short, I, the way I engaged in church and where we were at the time, everything that I used to say no to, all of a sudden God was kind of going, you're going to say yes to that. Next thing you know, I was involved in worship ministry and student ministry, and I shouldn't have been. God's mercy, that was God's mercy in my life. Then I got invited to this crazy thing that I shouldn't have gone to, didn't want to go to. But I said, again, I was just my mouth. I would say yes. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that we see here in the book of Acts. I ended up at this singer-songwriters, Christian singer-songwriters conference, cynical as I could be, sitting in the back, 
standing in the back, watching people during worship stuff and thinking, you know, I, I, I just wasn't engaged. But at some point, I thought God was moving, and I thought either I need to step in or step out. Either this is real or it's not. I've been playing the whole Jesus game my whole life. I went to a Christian school for 15 years. I've been just in religious world. Either this is, either this is worth all of me, or I need to just step out. And I was almost cynical in saying it. I looked up to God and said, if, if this is real, I want to be like the guy that's on his face up front. Because I don't understand it. I don't know why these people are crying and worship, raising their hands, getting all excited. And I'll tell you right now, and this is, this is what I'm talking about when I say an undeniable story of God coming in, not giving you what I wanted was money, what I wanted was success, what I wanted was my wife to be on the train with me, of, of you know, climbing the corporate ladder and doing all the things that you do in America. That's what I wanted, but God knew what I needed. And I'll tell you, when I, when I made that cynical statement to God, it was a, 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 just a kind of a puff of a prayer. I lost 20 minutes, I've said this before, 20 minutes of my, I don't even remember what happened, but I know I went from the back of that building to the front, and I was on my face, bawling in tears of joy, and my life was forever changed. And I remember just sobbing and just thinking to myself, and this wasn't some crazy swing from the chandelier speaking in tongues, like charismatic wingnut thing that you're thinking about. People were looking at me going, something just happened to that joker. Because I was face down before God. And it, it just, it, the light bulb came on for me. And I realized Jesus saves and nothing else does. Money won't save you. None of the things that I've been chasing will ever save me. And I had joy that none of those things had ever brought me. And my life was forever changing. Some of my friends, if, if you're on the stream, you remember getting that phone call because I was like, hey, remember we went to that Christian school growing up? That junk is real. Jesus is real. That whole, that whole, dino, that whole, that whole thing, there's power in my life. It is all about Jesus. And that's what happens when you have this undeniable. So God extends us mercy, and he extended me mercy. He gives us this undeniable story because he gives us what we need, which is so much bigger and greater than what we want. Right now, I don't know what you want, but what you need, what you need is Jesus. And I love how, how he begins to move forward in this passage because he makes sure that they understand, hey, this is not just some crazy healing story. This is about the gospel. In verse 11, he says, While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished, came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, Listen, I love it. He's, he's given a clinic on preaching. He says, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if our own power or godliness, we had, uh, or godliness had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has, listen to this, has glorified his servant, Jesus. He's saying, this isn't us. I just want to let you know, church was great today. There was a lot of cool things that happened. Those had, those, none of those things had anything to do with, with us. This was Jesus. Somebody got healed today. Nothing to do with anything that we did here. It had everything to do with the spirit and the power of God and, and the risen servant, Jesus, son of God, God himself. They, he made sure that they knew. And then he gets, he gets rough. And I think sometimes you got to get rough when you're preaching. Again, he's, he's putting on a clinic. He says, you handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate. So he's saying, hey, you all need to understand that you rebelled against God. Though he had decided to let him go, Pilate decided to let him, let him go, you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released. Remember, Barabbas was released 
um, and the innocent Jesus was sent to die. It says, you killed the author of life. Could you imagine standing there and somebody says, hey, I just want to let you know, you killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. So by Jesus, he was made strong, not by Peter and John. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. This man got what he needed, not what he wanted. He wanted some gold. He wanted some silver. He wanted some change. But boy, when he was walking, he realized, oh, this is really what I needed. This is really what happened. And the third thing today, so you've got God extends mercy. God gives us an undeniable story. And the third thing is God exposes false saviors. And in this season, I think that's one of the things that, that we see Peter doing in this last section is he's exposing false saviors. He's saying, you've leaned on a whole lot. You thought you knew the truth. You thought, you, you thought that this religious system was the way that it was going to happen. You thought continuing on with regular life was the way that it was going to happen. But I want you to know that all of you are in need of a savior. And he exposes all of that in an instant. And what I think God's doing right now is he's taking the things that we think save us. I, 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 love, I love that Dan Trifoletti said this uh, last week. He said, uh, you were never safe. Like, you know, if, if you weren't with us last week, we had a, a doctor that was on, uh, Dan Trifoletti, one of our city group leaders. He said, you, the, the reality of what's going on right now is you were never safe. You were never safe. There's, there was viruses. He says, and honestly, when this thing goes away, you still want, you could walk out these doors, you get hit by a bus. I love his directness in saying it. Like you could get cancer. This, there's so many things that could happen to you. Um, and he wasn't saying that to say, oh, we, should be, we should all get into our bubble and, and, and try to... The reality is, is every single human being on planet Earth is going to die. The question is when. And the other question is, what are we going to do with the time that God's given us? And I feel like right now, God is rattling our cage and exposing the things that we think would save us. And here's the reality. For a season, we can numb it. For a season, money works. Like, it feels good to have some cash, right? It does work. I mean, that's for everybody. I mean, that's this with stuff, buying stuff, you know? COVID-19 purchases on Amazon that you'll throw away in two months. Um, alcohol works. It, it medicates for a season. Identity and success, it works, right? It makes us feel good. We can put off the whole Jesus thing, when we're getting our identity in people, in accomplishments, in relationships, in the approval of other people. But guess what? Right now, God's extending mercy. He's taking away all of those things. Like for some of us, money, huge pay reduction or job gone. For some, all of us, relationship, being able to be around people to gather in groups, to be, to be able to, to, to walk away from a situation where our ego was puffed up in the group because we're one of those people that holds court in front of people. That's been stripped away. Everything that we, we, all these small saviors that we think were saving us are being pulled aside. And there's, there's a response to that. It's God calling the church back home. It's God calling you, maybe you for the first time, to come back home. Could it be that God's existing or extending you mercy in this pandemic? Like you think it's this horrible thing. I think in, in many ways we have to ask the question because God's always working. He's always working. What's he saying to me? And for some of you, he's leading you home. What questions have you been asking? You know, have you gotten to that place of humbling yourself before God? Because Jesus 
This is what Jesus did for you. He was arrested. He was falsely accused. He was beaten with a cat of nine tails to the inch of his life, flesh ripped off. He carried a cross that was too heavy for him to carry up Mount Calvary. Hands and feet nailed to that cross next to two thieves. He bled out on Mount Calvary. He died, gave his life away for you, that you might come home. And in that moment, I think about this. He did all that to bring you and I, the rebels, home to extend mercy, to expose our sin, that we might have this glorious story. But in the moment, do you think that's what they wanted, the disciples, anybody around? Nobody, nobody wanted that. Everybody's looking up at the cross thinking, this is definitely not what we wanted. But God in his sovereignty and his wisdom knew that it's exactly what we needed. And I don't know where you are and what's going on in your life, but you could, you could for those of you that follow Jesus, you could, you could sit in this place of apathy, continue to watch Netflix, continue to go to the place of, you know, just hanging out and, and riding the storm out. Or maybe you could respond, because I know God's speaking right now, and say, you know what, this is, this is a time of refreshing. This is a time to come home. God is extending me mercy. God is giving me another chance, because God gives, he does. He comes time and time again, but at some point, those chances will run out. They do. They do. I mean, life runs out. Time runs out. And he's extending mercy once again in this moment to say, what are you going to do with this time? What are you going to do with this time? Because the church needs to be on fire. Not literally on fire. but needs to be on fire with the Holy Spirit. And I think this is the moment. This is the moment. This is the testing moment for you and for me as believers. You know, this week, uh, you know, earlier this week and last week, um, I, I think I was in that place of apathy. And I, I came up to the church, um, closed all the doors, turned off some of the lights because I knew I was, I was like, I need to listen to worship music. And I didn't even want to, but I knew it was the right thing to do because I'm a pastor and I should do things like that. Um, so I go into the rec room and I, I, I put, a, put a set list together. And I mean, about two minutes into that set list, I, 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 was, I was bawling my eyes out. I was confessing sin. I was telling God how much I loved him and how much I can't believe that he's come to rescue me. I was shouting at the devil. <laughs> I, was like a, I was like a charismatic wingnut. I was. I was just like, the devil ain't going to win. Nobody to overcome the church. I mean, I was just in there screaming and yelling. And I was thinking about just 30 minutes before, I was, you know, sitting on the couch watching the news and, you know, in the yard, you know, pushing the water around in my two-foot baby pool. I just, and then all of a sudden, I'm in, I'm heaven on earth and a joy unspeakable before God in worship. And I just want to say this to you as, as you're sitting with your family, as you're sitting with um, maybe a, alone, set time aside with God to worship, to open up his word. Put, put, the, put the headphones on. Take the list that Gerald's put together and, and put the headphones on and, and, and listen. Turn it up. Let it saturate your soul. Because God wants to lead you home. He wants to remind you that you have an undeniable story, some of you. And for some of you, he wants to wake you up because you've never humbled yourself before God and said, you and you alone save. You and you alone are the author of life. And I've put my hope in other things and I want to put my hope fully in you. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for what you're doing in and through Ocean City Church. God, I, I pray right now just for fire to fall in each and every home. Um, that the Holy Spirit just begins to move 
in each and every home that's, that's listening to the stream. God, that you do something with believers in this season that we see. I feel like there's a rumbling underneath. And I just, God, I pray that you, you do something in each and every home, that you are weaving the fabric together of the family, that you're, you're restoring some things, some brokenness that's happened in some families. You're restoring marriages in this season, in this time and relationship and things are different. God, you're, you're doing things. You're healing in this season. God, just come in power. Just come in power and lead us back with your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, that's the end of the stream. 11.07, seven minutes over, probably about average for Derek and his preaching. Um, you guys have an amazing week. Don't forget, there's some resources online. Um, we'll, we'll post some, uh, some today, some questions you can do with your family. I think they're already online. Uh, then there'll be another uh, post on Wednesday. Uh, the blogs have been amazing. Uh, the writers of the blogs uh, have, have done an incredible job to dig deeper, um, dig into those resources, continue to engage in Zoom calls. Those We do need to see each other. Every time I get on one, I think, oh, another Zoom call, and then I get on one, I'm like, yay! You got to do that. It's, 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 it connects us together as a church. I love you guys. You guys have an amazing rest of your week.